0: This week on a lively experiment, a group of Rhode Islanders says, Enough, filing a federal lawsuit against Governor Raimondo. We'll tell you what it's all about. And the sprint to election day, the presidential candidates crisscross the country with one last pitch. But are there any undecided voters left?
1: A lively experiment is generously underwritten by.
0: For more than 30 years, a lively experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White Jr. and I'm proud to support this great program in Rhode Island PBS. Joining us on the panel, Wendy Schiller, political science professor at Brown University. Joe Trillo, former state representative and honorary chairman of the Rhode Island Trump campaign in 2016. And former U.S. Congressman Bob Wagan. Welcome in, everybody. We appreciate you spending part of your weekend with us. Well, it was probably just a matter of time before Governor Amundos had somebody stand up and challenge her ongoing state of emergency order and multiple executive orders that have curtailed many of the activities in Rhode Island. That challenge came in the form of a federal lawsuit filed by 10 Rhode Islanders. They say that the governor has infringed on some of their constitutional freedoms. I'm not sure where this lawsuit's gonna go, but Bob, let me begin with you. I know a lot of people have said how long are we going to be in this state of emergency? Um, a, a lot has changed, and the legislature the legislature seems to be nowhere nowhere to be found.
2: Well, I, I know there's a lot of frustration out there. You know, many people uh, in the beginning of this pandemic said we're all together, and now after seven or eight months, people are frustrated. They're they're uh, really upset that they can't do the things they used to do. That, that normality that they're uh, seeking, but this is a pandemic. This is a medical situation a health care situation that we have to take seriously and so uh, I just think this is a frivolous lawsuit. I'm disappointed that it's being entertained in federal court. It has to be I'm hoping that judge mcconnell will uh, toss it out. Uh, It doesn't have any uh, bearing I think on the real issue about uh, one's uh, freedom of speech. We also have to have protection of the public and that's what the governor is doing she sometimes she oversteps her bounds I think but I, I think it's reasonable to say we should impose certain restrictions uh, because of the healthcare issue, because of the pandemic. And I think the governor's doing a good job. Joe?
1: I, I think to a certain extent, uh, Bob is right. I think the governor is handling this uh, to a certain extent. Uh, Pretty well. I think she's overstepped her bounds. I think that uh, she could have been a little looser. I don't particularly like her style. I don't like the way she talks down to people as opposed to talking to them, but that's her style. I've gotten used to it. Uh, I do think that we need to keep the people on guard. And a few things that I think. I'm convinced of right now is that this virus is transmitted inside in air that becomes sort of stagnant if there are other people in the area that are breathing uh, their germs into that same air. And uh, so I do think we need to keep the safeguards in place. But when I was in the General Assembly, we handled legislation. I don't remember the exact uh, legislation, what it said, but it did give the power during a pandemic uh, to be able to quarantine people. So I'm not sure that it's not, it's not already written into law that she has some of this power. I don't remember where the legislation went at the time, but I do remember seeing it. Why?
3: Well, I mean, I think people, it's America, and you have the right to go to court and challenge the government. And that's what this is all about. But I think we all have to sort of say to ourselves, what's a reasonable thing to ask? If you're going out in public and interacting with other people, it's reasonable to say you have to wear a mask so that you don't infect anybody else, you don't get infected, that we try to find a way to curb the spread. Because when it spreads, it costs all of us. It costs us an illness and lives and lost work time and and has a massive educational now and economic cost. So this is something that's in the public domain. You know, where we run into more difficulty is when you tell people they cannot do things in their own home. You know, you cannot have more than 50, people in your house. I think, you know, I think that's a reasonable public health prescription, but I think people might say, listen, when did the government be able, start to be able to tell me when I can have people over and when I can't? And I think there needs to be more explaining about why that's important. And the more explanation, you know, you notice when the governor was on TV all the time or really, you know, issuing a lot of statements all the time, trying to explain herself all the time. I think she had sort of more general support. So the fewer times we hear those explanations, I think it's the harder it's harder to sell to the general public.
0: Well, Wendy, to that point, the governor on Wednesday uh, in her briefing. She's looking toward Halloween. She's looking toward Thanksgiving. And we put together a little bit of that sound just for you to hear. Not all of you hear the briefings every week. She talked a little bit about those family gatherings. Here's some of what she had to say.
4: The numbers aren't good. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And it's clear that we have community spread all across the state. The new cases, it's the highest that it's been in several months. However, Rhode Island, like every state in America, is receiving a new kind of a test from Abbott called the Binax Now testing system. The Binax Now is a completely different kind of testing. It doesn't require any machines. Uh, It's very rapid. You get your results in 15 minutes. Thanksgiving, we're gonna be deploying the BinaxNOW tests, 300,000 of them, in three areas. In our K through 12 system, in our community health centers, with a focus on high density communities, um, and at our colleges and universities. Okay, shifting gears, I wanna talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. So my request to you is to keep it local this year, staying home for Thanksgiving. It's in our public health interest, it's in the interest of our economy, um, and it's in your interest because you'll stay healthier and safer. We're coming into a tough period, holidays, having to come back indoors, flu season, it's going to be a rough couple of months. So, if there's any concrete thing that you can do, like not traveling over Thanksgiving, we really would appreciate you doing your part for Rhode Island and keeping it local.
0: So I get the message behind this, but look, as somebody who sits at these briefings, they're going longer and longer. We're hearing a lot of the same information. I realize it's only briefly. Joe, she really lost me when they put up the chart yesterday of where everybody should sit at Thanksgiving. And I didn't see grandma. I'm not sure whether she was out in the garage or they had her in the basement. And I'm like, at what point does this fall on deaf ears?
1: I think a lot of it falls on deaf ears. But I think the fact that she's saying these things are are ideas to be given. Most of the people aren't going to pay 100% of the attention to them, but I think people are going to take into consideration some of the ideas that have been presented. And one of the things that she did say is, you know, I don't have the ability to police you. I'm not going to police you. And, uh, you know, I am pretty much asking and trusting that you're going to be responsible. Well, I I think, I, I don't think that's a reasonable request in a pandemic to ask family gatherings to be as cautious as you can. I think it's ridiculous to go to the nth degree and expect people are going to be in your house wearing masks. I don't think that's going to work unless you have a very elderly uh, family member. Then you should probably stay as far away from them as you possibly can. So I don't, I don't have that much of a problem with it.
2: Bob? Uh, court cases, federal court cases, uh, going on other issues similar to this, though. I said that once, as Wendy said, once you're inside your own home, there's no way that the uh, policing should occur in your own home. So Joe is right in that these are suggestions. Uh, I'm not going to, uh, at Thanksgiving, gonna be sitting away from the rest of my family. We're all gonna be gathering in one place um, and we're going to try to maintain uh, the proper social distancing we can, but there's no way that the governor is going to say to everybody in Rhode Island, What happens in your house, we're gonna come in and knock on the door, we're gonna police them. It's just not gonna happen. Good suggestions. Can you abide by them? If you can, that's great. This is a public health uh, crisis. Uh, Do what you can because we've got thousands and thousands of people dying. Um, There's 154 people in the ICUs uh, right now as we speak. my, my daughter's mother-in-law is in the ICU with the COVID. It's not, it is something we have to take very, very seriously. Um, so do what you can, protect your family, uh, but uh, also celebrate the holiday. One.
3: Yeah, no, I'm just going to echo uh, what both Joe and Bob have said and just repeat, especially Joe Trello's point about indoor air. You know, so if you do go to family for Thanksgiving or even a Sunday dinner, you know, find a window, find a screen door, find something and open it and just have it open. Even just a crack, even just a couple of inches, they've shown that that even just that the air circulation will help a lot if somebody is an asymptomatic carrier. So just think about that, make sure there's, a, you know, I do this too when I visit my in-laws, I'm like where's the window, where's the door? We have to open the window and the door. And I do wear a mask and, and you can see like, that's going to be uncomfortable for six hours of Thanksgiving. Nobody's really going to do that. So if you're not going to do that, do the next best thing and make sure that you have open air circulation.
0: Hey, this could be a new, uh, new tradition this year. You bring the cranberry sauce, you bring the stuffing. You bring the box fan. Yeah, it's what right. do you think? It's You're true. responsible for the box fan at your in-laws' house. Okay. It's true. Yeah. Okay. We um, uh, we're heading into the home stretch. Early voting began last week, and here and in a lot of states, and uh, I think a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Bob, let me begin with you. Um, uh, North Kingstown. I'm up in Barrington. I'm hearing that a lot. There are a lot of lines, basically. So, what what are your thoughts on
2: that? There are, and I've gone to town hall a couple of times in the last few days and I've witnessed the people standing in line. Uh, But keep in mind, the lines are long, but because they're maintaining social distancing, so they're much further apart than they would normally be. Uh, It's it's really good, it's healthy. I think it's great that we're having this early voting. Um, I think it will reduce the um, rush on November 3rd, uh, which is good, uh, given the pandemic. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, the results can be processed quickly, and I think Rhode Island uh, has got a good model for doing that. Um, I worry about some of the states that, uh, like Pennsylvania, where there may be some uh, court cases against um, counting after three days. Uh, As you know, the Supreme Court ruled the other day that they could uh, take a, a ballot in that was postmarked the day of the election, even though they may have received it three days later. I'm hoping that works out fine. Nationally, I don't think we're going to see a result on the night of November 3rd. It's gonna probably be two weeks later by the time they count all the votes and get everything done. But there's models out there. The state of Oregon is a good model with regard to uh, mail-in ballots and early voting. It is not something that's new throughout the country. There's good places that have done that. Uh, So I'm hopeful that this process will go smoothly. As much as the political rhetoric is out there, I still have faith in it. I have faith in the officials, Democrat and Republican around the country that are secretaries of state and election officials that are overseeing this. It doesn't serve any organization, Democrat or Republican, if this fails. What we need to do is have a good system because your vote is the epitome of our democracy. Without good voting, we don't have a good democracy.
0: Joe do you have any concerns about the the there's been a lot of hue and cry about the mail ballots and uh, the potential early voting and I know a lot of people the board of elections was expecting 375 to 400,000 people to take out mail ballots, it's only 175, the applications. So that indicates to me more people are gonna go to the polls. But what about the mail ballots? Do you have concerns about that?
1: Yeah, I do have concerns about it. I have concerns about it mainly in other states because Rhode Island only has four electoral votes. So it really doesn't matter how many people vote for President Trump. It's more for your local elections. But uh, I was at the dinner last night with my daughter and her husband and they mailed in their ballots two weeks ago, and they've been checking to see if the ballots have been received and they're still not received and they're planning on taking a trip uh, in a day or two. So it's, 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 I think it's going to be problematic. In the past, I think there's been abuses. I know there's been abuses in Rhode Island. I know there's been ballot harvesting. I know there's been people who sell ballots. So People will say, well, we don't, nobody's been prosecuted. You know what? Maybe nobody's been prosecuted. It's been going on for years. And there are people out there that have been doing it. Now you take that on a national level. And how bad can it be? I think think we're set up right now in some of these other states, especially the swing states, for major problems. So I'm not optimistic that this voting this year is going to work anywhere near as well as it has
2: in the past. I would agree, Uh, I understand Joe's concern. Uh, But I think that um, in those swing states, uh, the Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, Florida, there is such a spotlight by the media and everybody else looking at what's going on that I think they're going to scrutinize it even more than they would normally do. So I'm hopeful that that'll be the case. I'm hopeful that we're not going to have widespread violations, and everybody who has been involved in this process to date has said there isn't. Joe is correct, and I've been a victim of this. I've seen voter fraud at the polls in Rhode Island, um, but not in the mail ballots uh, as we has been suggested. I think that this is going to be, in those swing states, so much scrutiny going on that they are going to do very, very well.
3: Yeah, so I'm gonna jump in on the. I'm not as worried about manipulation of mail ballots. I'm 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 concerned about people's ballots being rejected for you know the signature doesn't match exactly the signature on your driver's license. Well, you know everybody knows when you sign for your driver's license, then you're signing elsewhere. Maybe your signature is different, not a lot different, but a little. But if you have people who want to discount ballots from certain communities, whether it's Republicans against. Democrats or Democrats against Republicans, they're going to find reasons to throw out ballots. That's what, yeah, that's what people do when they control the electoral process. So I'm concerned about that. You've already seen the courts come in on that. North Carolina, for example, had a county uh, where there was a rejection rate uh, twice as high for African Americans as it was for white people. So now they've gotten that down, but the court said, what's going on here? Now you have to notify all these people. So now there's a consent decree in North Carolina that when your ballot's rejected, you have to be notified, and you have to be given the opportunity to get your ballot back in. And they're giving them at least seven days after election day, as long as it's postmarked, to get it back in. So I'm concerned about rejecting ballots and then not giving voters a chance to either vote in person if their early ballot's rejected, or um, find some other way to redo their ballot within a time frame. Uh, I agree. Uh, I think the Board of Elections is doing the best they can, but I also voted by mail and it's been accepted, but I don't know the status. So there's always all these steps. You know, they've got it. they've they you know they've recorded it, but I don't know if it's been rejected or accepted. And I have to check. It's not like someone sending me an email that says, "Hey, your ballot was rejected. So my concern is not as much corruption per se. But really, the idea that people would think that they're exercising their right to vote, doing all the right things so they think, and then having it rejected and not having a chance to correct that.
0: And just so you know, for Rhode Islanders, I did a story for last Sunday's journal about poll workers and elections. And Bob Raposa, who's the executive director out there, told me the early voting gives you the chance to correct a ballot that may have a problem. So if you go to town hall and you uh, fill out your ballot, you put it into one of those machines like you would at the polling spot. If it's good, it takes it. You see the little number pop up. They'll count that on election night. But you're right, Wendy, if the mail ballots, get rejected that potentially is going to be a problem but early voting solves that let me move on to national um we're heading into the home stretch unfortunately <laughs> we're taping this on a, a thursday morning um the last presidential debate is going to be tonight with a little bit of modifications i'm not sure at this point with the early voting and the mail ballots how much of a difference this is going to make in the past these debates were huge because every most of the people went to uh, the ba- the uh polls uh, within a short period of time. Joe, let me let me start with you as we head into the home stretch. The president is behind in the polls, but we know what happened in 2016. So give me your snapshot as we head into the home stretch to election day.
1: Well again, I think as a lot of people that are Trump voters that we call closet Trump voters. They're not gonna poll well and uh, Uh, The pollster that uh, has been right all the time, I actually met with him a couple of years ago, and I know him. I can't think of his last name. First name is Bob. Uh, He said Mm -hmm. that what they're doing with the polls right now is they're they're interviewing primarily uh, more Democrats than they are Republicans, and they're not getting a, a fair sample. But I'm optimistic that the president is going to win. But I'm also concerned about the latest thing that came out, and nobody wants to talk about it, and that is the Biden emails that came out that actually, to, to me, they're showing that the guy that's running for president right now has been taking bribes for the past uh, God only knows how many years. This is just he- not true. I'm not listening no. to this, Joe. This is not factually true. you
3: do you know it's not true? Right true. It is not factually true. Not even Joe Biden oh, because It's they're Hunter Biden's laptop,
1: Hunter Biden's
3: laptop. Hunter Biden's all, laptop, Hunter Biden's it's laptop. It's been acknowledged by the Maybe. FBI that Maybe. it is his laptop, but it's but it, <laughs> it's Joe a, Biden is not, it was not a, taking bribes, a, and there's a, no evidence of that. You're just spreading, there's false a, information. there's a ton of
1: evidence. There's no, it's evidence. Been co- collaborated no. no evidence by Biden's by, by by partner. He said the emails are legitimate. The no. people collaborating no. No. None, of a monumental discovery None of this is true. this is And the and it the people want so Trump dead. Wait like a minute. The wait a minute. Both of you, Joe. Just last to Joe. Go look at it, what, yeah. Joe. Before I
0: have Bob jump in, let me ask you: Where do you get your news from? What are your news sources that you go to?
1: I get my news from a variety of different places. And if you think I'm only going to say Fox News, you're wrong. The bottom line is, is that this has been corroborated by other people that have received these emails. The FBI has already come out and, and the Department of Justice and said that there's no Russia interference in this, in this Biden's emails. These emails prove that the president that we're, that the guy that we're running for president right now, Biden, has been taking money. And his son is nothing more than a bag man. Well, let's Bob. Just, just ridiculous,
3: unproven, trumped up, literally trumped up charges. But if you want to go there, Joe, let's talk about the president's bank in China. He paid $155,000 in taxes on money making in China. Why does the President of the United States have a bank account in China? Not small potatoes, Wendy. It's not small potatoes. Answer the question. Answer the question. Why does President Trump have a bank account
1: in China? President Trump has business all over the world. And he it pays taxes to Chinese to, government. Pays, hang on. Whoa, if, you have, oh. if you do business in China, you probably pay taxes in he China. He pays more taxes hang in China a, than he does it in the United hang States. In China. That's, that's not as bad as taking bribes. Do you but understand Biden if bribes. Biden gets elected, the Chinese falling, government will hold elect. it over not his not head and true. they will be able to bribe him. Not Yo, true. hang on. Let me let we'll Bob come like a monkey. Not true. Bob, jump in.
2: I feel, I feel like this is the first presidential debate. You can't get anything in. (laughs) 145 interruptions already, Joe. Yeah,
0: we're not going (laughs) to
2: mute your mics though. As Wendy said, there is no objective evidence that this has been any kind of corruption or bribes or anything else by Hunter Biden, by Joe Biden. The Department of Justice and the FBI and all the other intelligence agencies have said absolutely not. The whole issue not true,
1: China Bob. Well, what you're saying
2: right <laughs> now is not true. I mean, Joe, let, me, you're using let, him the let him finish. Joe, let him finish. There is no evidence of, of uh, Trump taking bribes either in China, but he does have a bank account there. All of this garbage that comes out at the very last two weeks of an election is absolutely what turns people off. What we should be doing is talking about issues like education, healthcare, pandemic, the economy, and doing where we're going to lead this country. Joe Biden is doing that. Uh, If Donald Trump, Joe, had done this back in March or April, he'd be leading the polls right now. If he had said, I'm going to address the pandemic, I'm going to talk about the economy, he would be leading right now. He didn't. What he decided to do to take the low road, Yell at people, call people names, including Tony, Dr. Tony Fauci, calling him a disaster, calling the whole community he is a
1: disaster. This is wrong. He's a disaster, and and you know you talk Tony
2: about Tony Fauci is not a disaster. He's the he, most he's
1: switched. he switched more times than a light switch. He said we don't need masks. Now we need masks. He there are so many experts did he not, did he not that have contradicted he Tony he was Fauci. when he said that? He's he's one, he's one doctor. Himself. He's one doctor. People heard, have been holding I've him up as he's God. He's not God.
2: I've never heard Donald Trump say that I I was wrong, that I've made a mistake. And yet, if you listen to the Bob Woodward tapes that he uh, he, uh, copied about his conversations with Trump, Trump definitely lied to the the American public. Wendy, go ahead.
3: So I just want I want to jump in on on two things, right? We don't want public health to be polarized. We don't want it to be partisan. Uh, Joe ha- has a point, which is that there were mixed messages coming out of the administration in the very beginning when they said, "Oh no, we don't want people to wear masks because then they'll get too close to each other because they'll think they're safer than they are." It was too confusing. It wasn't the right move. They pivoted, but they did take a little while to pivot. But then after that, the president could have just said, "Listen, everybody, we're gonna have enough." Tough two months. Let's wear masks. Let's social distance. Let's lock it down, and then we'll all have a good summer. He could have done that, and I think he's he would have been in a much better position today, and possibly two hundred and forty thousand people or some portion of them would not have passed away. As far as Fauci goes, it is a complicated political world that we've created in terms of public health. Now we used to say, "Oh, what do doctors think?" And now there's a lot of different opinions. And you say to yourself, oh, do I trust Fauci or not? Let's remember, when there was a very major crisis in HIV and AIDS in the 1980s, Dr. Fauci, who took over in 1985 for infectious diseases, was the one on the front lines of that and did guide us to better treatments, like people are still living a long time with it, and reducing the number of people who died from it. It just took a long time through several presidential administrations. So this is a guy who's been in this kind of circumstance before. But it takes a long time, and so I I think that there's room to say what Joe's saying about the early messaging is right. It wasn't very good, but what Bob's saying is also right about Dr. Fauci. I think he's a man of integrity, and I think he has a good track record, but it's hard to get confusing messages and figure out what's right and what's wrong, and that's part of our problem in dealing with the pandemic.
1: You know, I nobody's saying that he's arena, not a man of integrity. Nobody's saying that. But what happens with Dr. Fauci is that he no one person in this country has ever been the speak all of everybody. We've always gone to other experts. I don't care what area it's in. And Dr. Fauci has been contradicted by many, many other expert doctors. He's been around a long time. And maybe he's been around too long but you've got to listen to the other doctors too and stop taking the word of Dr. Fauci like he's the end all and do all of
2: everything. Bob, go ahead. There there are many other scientists and many other doctors who have come forward and agreed with Fauci, agreed with his stance with regard to masks, agreed with the way he's talking about social distancing, washing hands, doing all those things. The president has basically, just the other day, called him a disaster. Uh, How do you do that? And then at the same time, the president has placed some of Dr. Fauci's words in his own political ads, almost as if Fauci is endorsing him, which he has never done.
0: All right. We have just about, uh, well, believe it or not, we're blowing through outrageous because the conversation's going too well. Um, 30 seconds, Joe and Wendy. Joe, you give me 30 seconds and then when do you finish well, up? I'm
1: going to go back to what I said originally because I got walked on and, uh, and that was, I'm very disappointed with the fact that the the left is looking to kill this news that's come out about the Biden emails. It's not about Hunter Biden anymore. This is all about Joe Biden. It's been corroborated by many people, including the people that are on the email chain, including the guy that was uh, Hunter Biden's partner. So the FBI has already said that there's been no Russia, no No, evidence of Russia interference Fearful. Joe
0: Yes. Joe Joe I'm sorry and Wendy I missed my time I'm sorry that is all the time we have Wendy you can tell Joe after <laughs> the show uh, folks I am so- I am sorry that is all the time we have but it was a very very lively experiment Joe and Bob and Wendy thank you this will be continued and folks come back here next week we are almost to the uh, election day we'll have the very latest for you next week as a lively experiment continues have a great week
1: A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by.
0: For more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm
2: John Hazen White, Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program and Rhode Island PBS.